1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of CastingAcross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. I'm sure you've encountered different types of people that have different perspectives on leaders. There's the guy that has leader formulas that go down to the half inch as far as what the taper should look like, has dozens of types of leaders in the leader wallet, and will change out entire leaders, adding different feet of different X weights of tippet based on the situation. That's one side of the spectrum. The other side, you have the guy that just takes the knotless tapered leader out of the pack and loop-to-loops it to the end of their fly line and fishes it until it becomes impossible to get that stubby butt section through the eye of their tiny dry fly. Now, I would say both of these uh, perspectives work. I've toyed with both of them. When I started fly fishing, I started using knotless tapered leaders, and I just fished them until I literally couldn't get the thicker section of the leader through the eyes of the trout flies I was using. I've also stressed out about my leaders, trying to figure out precisely how to formulate a taper such to best present my fly, get a drift, etc., etc. So, and I caught fish both ways. So it's not like one is wrong and one is right. Um, I think you could probably spend too much time messing with your leaders if you are on the um, intricate side of the spectrum, and I think you're going to really miss out on a lot of opportunities to fish better if you're on the more rudimentary uh, side of the spectrum. So I want to talk a little bit about some no, kind of no-nonsense, simple uh, ways to think about leaders, especially for freshwater fishing uh, in, in today's podcast. Uh, but two caveats there. Uh, first one is, what is a leader? I get this question a lot. Um, from folks that are starting fly fishing and actually folks that have been fishing for a while. Um, just because if you're coming from a conventional side of things, this might not be as apparent as, uh, as one might think. So you have your fly line that is the usually braided nylon core surrounded by um, the PVC, and that's the colorful stuff that's thick, that varies in weight based upon your, your you know, four weight, five weight, six weight, and so on and so forth. And then what is attached to the end of that is your leader. So that is usually monofilament or fluorocarbon. And it is ideal if there is a taper to it. So your fly line has a taper. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. And there's plenty of resources on the internet to find that kind of information. 
but you also want a taper that's generally descending. There's a few circumstances where you don't want it necessarily descending, um, but probably 95% of the situations you're going to be fishing, it is going to be descending from a thicker monofilament or fluorocarbon to a thinner uh, monofilament or fluorocarbon, with the aim being that the energy of your cast carries down uh, this leader and as it unfurls it goes from heavier to lighter and it allows that fly to go out fully and extend and roll out and come down gently being the first thing that makes contact with the water. There's a lot more science to it than that but that's what we're talking about when we talk about leaders. It's that bit of um, monofilament or fluorocarbon and then of course if you want to get really technical there are wire leaders and other materials but generally you're talking about monofilament or fluorocarbon. It's the clear stuff at the end um, that goes between your line and your fly and tippet is uh, just exactly what it sounds like it's a tip section to um, add on to that leader but um, if you can think of it this way um, all uh, tippets are leaders but not all leaders are tippets I guess would be the way to say it but that's probably more confusing than it needs to be. You add tippet onto your leader to make your leader do something special. And that's what we're going to be talking about um, today. So that's that's the first caveat. What is a leader? Um, the second caveat that I wanted to mention is that I use a lot of furled leaders. Now, not to get too deep into this, but these are braided um, nylon, so monofilament, or fluorocarbon um, strands that create a usually an unchangeable, so a static. So whereas we're going to talk about leaders later where you snip them and change them and cut them and put knots into them and things like that to achieve different results, a tapered leader is usually a set length um, and they're made for different purposes. So there's furled leaders for dry fly fishing, furled leaders for small water, furled leaders for nymphing that have indicator sections in them, um, furled leaders for saltwater, um, and they either have uh, a loop-to-loop -loop connection on the end or even um, tippet rings. Uh, my favorite brand that I've used is Appalachian Furled Leader Company. Definitely check them out. Google them. They're all over social media. But this is a, a caveat if you really kind of prefer to be on the no-nonsense, uh, really simplistic, rudimentary, just take the leader out of the package and fish with it. Um, by using a furled leader, you can almost accomplish that sort of ease, but get the sort of benefits that you get from a more complex leader formula. Because with virtually all the furled leaders I fish, I fish a straight piece of tippet off the end of it. So those spools of monofilament or fluorocarbon, a four, five, six foot stretch of that, just without any fancy knots, either a loop-to-loop -to, -loop to my furled leader or a knot to the tippet ring on my furled leader, and then I fish that straight as is. And I have done that successfully in the salt. Um, I've done it successfully on small brook trout streams and everything in between. So there are pros and cons of using a furled leader, but the pros vastly outweigh the cons. That being said, um, we'll talk about normal leaders today. So a few things to think about. First of all, um, you can, as I said before, find some very complex leader formulas. And there's men and women that have been fishing for decades longer than I have that use complex leaders that they tie, not only using different um, sizes of monofilament, so you're, you know, you're within the freshwater game, we're talking about the X's, so usually you have like a 30 or 20 pound fighting or, or butt of your 
liter, and then it goes down, um, you know, into 0x, 1x, 2x, 3x, 4x, and then, you know, smaller if need be. Um, but they don't just mess with the, the weight of the monofilament, but they also mess with the rigidity or the, how supple or flexible it is. So by combining different types of, of monofilament, different manufacturers have different formulations, so you can actually go from a very, very stiff fly line to a relatively stiff monofilament to a more supple monofilament. There's all sorts of directions you can take this, and they are definitely worth looking into if you want to give it the time, energy, and effort. But for the sake of today, I'm kind of trying to find a medium middle path. In between going to that level, if that's just not what you're into or you just don't have the time for it or there's other kinds of fishing-related miscellany that you'd rather put your um, thoughts into, um, then there's an option for you. Additionally, if you are just pulling a leader out of a package and fishing that, I think you can do a little bit better without a whole lot of brain power and a lot of uh, time and certainly a lot of investment. So that's what we're talking about today, kind of a middle path. But that being said, the first thing I'd say is to start with a knotless tapered leader. If you get a, a, a knotless tapered leader, you're going to get some benefits, which is a butt section. Um, so again, that butt section is usually a stiffer, thicker, tapered section of the, uh, of the leader. And those are great because no matter what you're doing, that will be a useful length of, of monofilament or fluorocarbon. So by having it extruded um, from thick to thin, you have a knotless, continuous piece of, of material that uh, goes from, again, that thicker and more rigid to that thinner and more supple. And it's a good foundation for a lot of leader setups that you're able to do. And then I like the fact that they have loop-to-loop -loop connections. I know a lot of guys that snip those things off right away and tie in a brand new nail knot, but I've only had a few of the store-made um, or factory-made loop-to-loop connections blow on me. Not enough uh, throughout the years for me to snip, start snipping them off. I still loop them um, more often than not. And actually what I do is I use that first six inches of a knotless tapered leader's butt section to create a monofilament loop at the end of my fly line. So I actually trust a uh, knotless tapered leaders loop that the factory puts in it more than I trust the welded loop at the end of a fly line. So you can buy a fly line that has a loop on the end, which they work, and for trout, I don't really mess around with them too much, but when I'm talking bass and I'm talking um, you know, either bigger trout or um, other bigger warm water fish, then what I will usually do is I will take six to eight inches off the butt of a knotless tapered leader, snip it, flip it around, tie a nail knot in with what was the tag end so that now that store factory made loop is the terminal end of my fly line, if that makes sense. So it goes fly line, nail knot, six inches of butt section, and then a, uh, a loop from the, the factory. Again, I don't think I've ever blown out one of those knots. I've had the uh, welded loops and um, nail knots I've tied myself um, on fly line blowout before I've had those knots blow out that are on the end of a knotless tapered leader. Then I also think that lighter um, is better generally, which is to say that shorter, uh, more tapered butt sections are better in a wider variety of applications. So, uh, I'd start with a base knotless tapered leader of like 9 foot 5x rather than 9 foot 3x. Um, 
I think that you have a lot more versatility if you have like a three foot butt section that transition from that really stiff to that really supple if that happens in three to four feet rather than if it happens over seven feet more gradually um, get a leader wallet you can set up two or three setups even if you just want two or three having a leader wallet is much more efficient than just keeping them coiled in uh, the packages they come in it, it makes organization easier you can also throw other stuff in there poly leaders uh, pre-tied tippet sections all sorts of stuff you can get them cheap made out of you know nylon and plastic or you can get them fancy made out of leather and cordura but get one and then also the the last bit of of information is to know your knots um, I think one of the reasons why people shy away from messing with leaders is because they don't know how to tie surgeon's loops, um, which are relatively easy. It's an overhand knot twice, um, blood knots, um, and, and uh, even more complicated knots. But if you can tie a double surgeon's loop and you can tie a blood knot, then you can do all the leader tricks that you'd ever want to do. So get familiar with those. Don't try to mess with it for the first time on a stream, you know, pulling up how to tie a blood knot on your phone while you're standing, you know, knee deep in water is not the time to figure that out. Do it at home, do it with a uh, thicker um, fishing line, and uh, then you'll get kind of the hang of it. So that's just kind of some, some basic tips. Now I want to share some leader formulas. So again, I, I've mentioned this idea that there's leader formulas out there for every situation and every circumstance, and that's absolutely true. Some of these books from some of the, the greats that I have downstairs, um, whether it be Joe Humphreys or um, Bob Clauser or Lefty Cray or uh, just you know anybody who's everybody who's written a book shares a leader formula or a dozen that they really like, and they're worth looking at but that could be more minutia than you're looking for. If you want some simple formulas, I want to share those very, very briefly today, but because this isn't good radio, this is something to look at, I would really suggest that you head to um, the show notes of this podcast's page at castingacross.com, and I'll put a link up with some diagrams. Because what I do, and this is really, really simple, is I use a knotless tapered leader as my base, and then instead of just fishing it until I feel like it's kind of gotten to be too short or too thick for my liking, I will, out of the package, make a few cuts and tie on new leader sections. So here's an example. If I want to fish for trout on a, just a normal trout river, I'll get a 9-foot 5x leader if it's the beginning of the season. And if I'm not fishing one of my furled leaders, get a 9-foot 5x leader out of the package, and I will clip it in half. I will then probably discard the short half. That might seem wasteful, but it's a little bit of monofilament and you know, you could be wasting a lot more monofilament, I'll put it that way. I'll then tie on two feet of 3X and then three and a half feet of 4X. So we're back to a nine foot leader because I've got four and a half feet of, of butt section, two feet of 3X and three and a half feet of 4X. But now what I have is knots that show me where my transitions are that show where I'm going from butt section into 3x into 4x. Um, and this doesn't require precision. A lot of this is not so much feet and inches, it's this is a full wingspan on me at you know five and a half feet tall or whatever I am. Or this is as long as my arm. Uh, and you'll kind of start to figure out those patterns for yourself as well. But this is a good general trout leader. And what this does is it shows me I've got three and a half feet of tippet section of my lightest weight tippet. And as I start getting to within two feet of that knot, I might want to retie. 
and uh, again you can change these things a little bit a lot of this has to do with feel and uh, you if if you haven't fished hand tied leaders before if you've only fished knotless tapered leaders then you'll start to appreciate kind of those really subtle delicate hinge points that come even in a gradually tapered leader and how you can achieve different results how adding a little bit more length of that tippet of that smallest x weight uh, tippet will help your dry flies turn over or by reducing it will help your dry flies turn over based upon a number of factors most uh, significantly the size and the wind resistance of the fly that might sound like a lot but um, that's actually a pretty simplified uh, explanation of it it's above my pay grade to talk about it with any more scientific uh, accuracy than that so here's an even simpler one. If I'm fishing for bass, or I'm fishing for bluegill, uh, or I'm fishing streamers for trout, I'll get a seven and a half foot zero X liter, and I will cut off about three feet of it. So I'm stuck with a four and a half foot or a five foot butt section, and then I'll add on three feet of zero X. So I have a zero X liter, and then I add zero X onto it. So what this does is it kind of levels it off. And if I'm throwing a very heavy fly like a popper or a conehead. Um, uh, streamer, then having that more level line uh, allows me to really kind of kick that fly into the wind, allow it to splash with a little bit of, of force, uh, especially again if I'm fishing for, for bass, and having that level, more longer level section, about half of the liter being 0x, is helpful. And then a third kind of formula to, to introduce would be my dry fly. I'm more persnickety and uh, finicky when it comes to my dry fly leaders than I am with even my uh, more complicated nymph rigs. Reason being is I really want my dry flies to present well. So here's here's my simple dry fly leader. And again, this is not complicated at all, but it's a nine foot five X leader. I save four feet of the buck section. Then I add two feet of three X, two feet of four X and four feet of five X. Or you could start with a 9 foot 6x liter and add on 4x, 5x, and then 6x. You kind of get the picture. Again, this isn't great over the podcast, but hopefully you kind of have that picture in your head of what you're doing. You're taking a liter that's, that's smooth, that has no knots in it, and you are breaking it up so that you can control those lengths of the tapers with a certain emphasis on certain parts of that leader. For that dry fly leader, it's that end bit that's nice and long. For that first general purpose one I mentioned, we're talking about something that's very um, straightforward in its its taper going from equally parts uh, thick to thin and allowing for a very, very basic turnover. You'll figure out what you like as you use this more you'll probably figure out that tying leaders isn't that difficult. But by using a knotless tapered leader as your base, you're able to start to figure those variables out in a very controlled environment. And using that first four feet of butt section, I tell you, it's it's a lifesaver. It saves you from having to buy all sorts of um, more expensive and larger uh, spools of line to tie butt sections. And you can just get away with having spools of zero through seven X if you even feel like you need that much. So again, head over to the website. Uh, the show notes will have the information on, actually, I'll put three articles up in the show notes. Two Untying the Mystery of Leader articles, the second of which has the formulas that I mentioned and diagrams of them, and then one on fishing furled leaders as well.
This week on Casting Across, there was two articles that popped up before this one. The first one was called Fly Shop Found. So this is the second piece of a two-part series on a fly shop that I grew up going to and then just closed its doors mysteriously. So the second part kind of talks about the um, just some of the observations I made about the community and about my time at the fly shop. And then the second post is called Five Reasons Why Your Kid Needs His or Her Own Fly Box. And I've said it a million times. I am not an expert fly fisherman. I'm also not an expert parent. But I have figured out how to keep my kids engaged in fly fishing in the outdoors and science and ecology and fly tying throughout the year. And that's to give them their own fly box. So I give you five tips on how and why that works in that article. For the recommendation this week, I want to send you to another website. I want you to go to panfishonthefly.com, Panfish on the Fly. Panfish on the Fly is great because it, it is so focused on doing one thing and doing one thing very well, and that's catching lots of and catching big panfish. Um, so we're talking bluegill, pumpkin seed, sunfish, crappie, um, even bass, pickerel. All that sort of stuff where it seems so easy to do is to catch a bluegill, but can you catch a big bluegill? Can you catch bluegill with consistency regardless of weather circumstances and conditions? Panfish on the Fly is an established website that has information uh, for, for you if you are catching panfish, if you want to up your panfish game definitely head over there and check them out. They've just introduced a store which has a couple of uh, great fly patterns as well as a fly tying kit for what I can attest is a killer uh, panfish bug. Um, it's called the triangle bug and you definitely check that out. So head to panfishonthefly.com or all of the other panfish on the fly social media accounts to check them out and see kind of what you've been missing uh, when you could be catching bigger and more panfish. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingcross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.